This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us on another Voices of Vapors podcast series. This is where we interview individuals in the tobacco harm reduction industry, including manufacturers of electronic cigarettes and vaping devices, advocacy um, members, and are just vaping users themselves. Um, it's estimated that uh, there are about 10 million vapors in the United States, but this isn't enough because there's 40 or there's four, 40 million smokers still. Tobacco harm reduction products, including electronic cigarettes, have been found to be 95% safer than combustible cigarettes. So electronic cigarettes came into the market in 2008, and for the for a period there, they weren't that big. It wasn't until 2016 that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, or FDA, decided to deem these as tobacco products. And since that, um, e-cigarettes and um, vaping devices have come under a lot of different regulatory actions and um, pending actions, too. We really don't know where everything's going. So today I have a first. It's an e-liquid manufacturer, Jennifer Higginbotham. She's the chief operating officer of Higgy Cigs, which manufactures e- electronic um, e-cigarette liquid. She was a vapor, or she's been vaping for seven years, and was actually introduced to these by her husband David. And they started experimenting with their own liquids, um, do-it-yourself experimenting, which is pretty big if you look on the internet as well. And she found that her friends really enjoyed the liquids that they were creating, so they decided to turn it into a business. In 2014, Higgy Six became a licensed um, business, uh, and then they moved into a warehouse. They ship, they have, so far, they've shipped liquids to over 30 countries worldwide. Um, if they are big on state and federal advocacy, David is actually president of the Georgia Smoke Free Association. Now, it's an early e-liquid manufacturer, so they've come under a lot of regulations, um, including at the local, state, and federal levels. These include trial-resistant packages, as well as regulations put into the 2016 deeming regulations, which include product registration and ingredient uh, listings. This is estimated to take millions of man-hours to complete. Jennifer is part of a group of people in the vaping industry that's helped streamline that process and has actually worked with the Center for Tobacco Products at FDA to help collect this data and make it into a place that they can actually use this information. So, Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank uh, you for having me. Awesome. So I always do this. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about how you got into vaping? Oh, you you really did cover it. Um, <laughs> I met my husband in uh, in 2011. I was a smoker. I was actually a very unashamed smoker. I liked it. Um, I had no intention of quitting. And um, I met him. He was he was a vapor, and he ha- he had a device. I had tried vaping once before, a few years before. But that, but it was, it was very, I, I, it was not satisfying. And I was just constantly fighting with the device. Um, he had a device that was very interesting to me. It was a Joy Tech 510T. And basically it was a sick-alike, but it had a little bitty tank on the back of it um, that, that uh, distributed or, or I guess, uh, yeah, distributed the juice into the atomizer. And, uh, and I really liked it. So I got, uh, it turned out I had one weekend it was cold and raining and wet and I didn't want to go outside to smoke. So I said, Hey, can I share that, you know, with you? And we shared it all weekend long. And I went, I was like driving home Sunday and I went, I just went two and a half days without a cigarette and I didn't miss it. Nice. Nice. And so, right? and so okay. So uh, you guys got started making your own e-liquid. 
Um, and uh, the how did that process start? Um, can you also, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are vapors, but I'm, for the people who don't know um, what an e-liquid is, can you kind of explain the ingredients and um, also how they're safer uh, and what makes them safer? Well, it's, it's real easy, actually. I mean, cigarettes are known to contain like some 4,000 different ingredients, all kinds of crap. Uh, that they put into the cigarette because straight up tobacco, if you were to literally pull a tobacco leaf and light it, it's very harsh. Yeah. Uh, nobody could actually smoke it. Uh, so they put a lot of things in there to smooth the flavor and to make the flavor better. Um, it, it, a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if you actually looked into the way a cigarette is made, you would probably vomit. Um, so with e-liquid though, it's, it's so much uh, more simple. It's got... Uh, four ingredients. It's got propylene glycol, which is in so much that you already use anyway. It's in toothpaste. It's in lotions. It's in foods. It's it's everywhere. Um, in vegetable glycerin, which for the layman's terms, it's basically corn syrup. I mean, it's not exactly corn syrup, but it's, it's derived from vegetables. Okay. Um, you have liquid nicotine, which is uh, extracted from tobacco leaves. And you have hard candy flavoring. And, and the and the flavoring is a uh, grass, which is a uh, generally recognized as safe, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's now it's generally recognized as safe for consumption. Yeah. Okay. Um, there really hasn't been a whole lot of testing done on um, if it's safe to inhale. Um, but I mean, I I know people who have improved their health tenfold, and 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 or stopped the progression of some condition that they have. Uh, when they started vaping. So whether or not the FDA recognizes it as generally recognized as safe, I I believe it is. Okay. Now, what about, okay, thankfully we don't hear much about it, but I know a lot of people who, it always gets brought up, talk about popcorn lung, and I know this is associated (laughs) with the (laughs) e-liquids. Sorry, I had to bring it up. (laughs) No, 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 please. You know, every couple of years, this starts to surface and it drives me insane because it's been debunked so many times. But of course, that is not what spreads like wildfire, right? Here's the story behind Popcorn Lung. Uh, Several years ago, there were four, I believe, four uh, employees that worked at a popcorn manufacturing facility um, and if you've ever been to the movie theater and you pump that 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 delicious buttery <laughs> sauce all over your butter over your popcorn, um, that is straight diacetyl. Okay, that stuff is it's that's the delicious buttery creamy flavor that we all know and love. And when these four people, who were also smokers by the way, um, came down with this condition called uh, bronchitis obliterans, uh, or more commonly known as popcorn lung, because they were at a popcorn manufacturing facility. Uh, now this is a deadly condition. Uh, it, it is not curable and it will kill you. They went to the popcorn facility. They tested the air. They saw there were copious amounts of powdered, not vaporized, but powdered diacetyl floating in the air. And they said, Oh, this must've been the cause of it. They actually didn't continue testing to make sure it was the diacetyl. There is actually no true conclusive proof that it was the diacetyl that did this. Um, And like I said, they were also smokers. There is one other case that I read about of a guy who did contract the uh, condition, um, but he was, and I don't know who this is, I don't remember his name or anything, but he he was a little bit off his rocker because he would eat like 10 bags of microwave popcorn a day and he would like hold his face over the microwave and over the bags and just kind of huff the fumes 
because you <laughs> like the way it smelled. So oh, wow. I have to check that article out. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have to pull, see if I could find it. But that was that was the one case of the, of somebody who did not work at a popcorn manufacturing facility. Okay. In any case, um, so somewhere along the way, somebody uh, decided to realize that the same type of flavoring, the diacetyl that is used in popcorn butter is also used in e-liquids. And they said, oh, it's vaping is going to cause popcorn lung. <laughs> All right, here's the thing. What they failed to mention is that there is generally between 100 and 750 times more diacetyl in the average cigarette than there is in any e-liquid out there. Wow, excellent point So. To make. If smokers aren't dropping dead left and right from popcorn lung, yeah, pretty sure you're okay with vape. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, there smoking is is the cause of a ridiculous number of diseases and conditions, but amazingly, popcorn lung is not one of them. Yeah, no, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> Only vapors. Wow. Okay. So another thing too, and um, the FDA has been um. And it's flavor related. FDA is looking at, you know, regulating flavors by chance, maybe even getting rid of them. Yes. Um, I don't. How many flavors does Higgy um, Higgy Sticks have? Actually, we offer uh, 205. 205 flavors. Can you explain what why these are so important? And also another thing, too, I always combine it with flavors is the nicotine levels as well. Um because I know that you, you offer flavor and different multiple nicotine levels, too. Can you tell yeah. listeners why these are so important? Well, uh, one thing that Hickey Six does that's a little bit different than other people is that we truly allow you guys to de- design your vape um, because not everybody vapes at the same, you know, they don't all vape the same thing. Okay, so that's why we offer a ridiculous number of flavors, a ridiculous number of nicotine levels, a ridiculous number of PGVG ratios because your vape needs to satisfy you. Okay, we are not all round pegs in round holes. Like, yep. we're just not. Um Everybody has a different journey. You know, everybody starts out in one place, you know, they travel, they go so far and they might stay there or they might continue to go on. Like your journey is yours. Mm-hmm. So not, and, and I'm not knocking on other e-liquid manufacturers. Honestly, what we do is kind of insane. It make, would make stuff so much easier <laughs> if we didn't offer so many options. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, that's the whole point of it is that people need that, that perfect Nirvana happy place. It, with their vape, you have the perfect device, you have the perfect uh, uh, tank or, or, or RDA is what it's called, you know, the perfect flavor at the perfect nicotine level. And, and when you have that, that perfect setup, cigarettes just disappear. Yep, absolutely. Yes. Um, and, okay. Um, I, I don't know if Higgy sticks that well, but I do want to bring up, and I, I know I didn't put it in the questions, but um, labels. Um, have you guys had been the I or I child uh, like labels? Um, what's the big deal with that? What would is it? I know I've talked to people about it where there's a question of free speech on this, you know, and also, I mean, uh. adults eat candy, adults eat, you know, um, frosted flakes or whatnot. Um, but at the sure same do. time, you don't want to appeal to minors or whatnot. How did you guys? How did Higgy Sigs approach um, the labeling? Honestly, we never had any of that type of stuff on our labels. Um, We've always gone for a a more subtle, classy look. Um, It's basically 
our labels have never consisted of anything more than there is a, a background that's sort of a wisp of vapor and our logo. And then the rest of it is just pertinent information. Yeah. Um, you know, nic- nicotine level, flavor, name, PGVG ratio, you know, warnings, symbols, signs, text, whatever. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, the FDA is and I don't necessarily blame them. OK, on this part of it, I'm, I'm really on their side because there is no reason for there to be a box or a bottle sitting on a table that, you know, looks like. M&Ms or yeah. Skittles or marshmallows. I mean, you don't need that to sell that to adults. Adults don't need cartoons or bright colors or bubbly fonts or, you know, I don't know, pig vomit or whatever, you know, to to sell a flavor. A flavor is going to be good no matter what and no matter what the label looks like. So keep it classy. Keep it simple. And if, you know, everybody says, well, we don't know what they want. Well, you know what they want? Take a look at a pack of cigarettes. Yep. What do you see? You see a logo and pertinent information. That's it. Yep. That's all you need. Yep. No, no more Joe Camel on those anymore. <laughs> that was... And those boxes look perfectly fine. Yep. Like, really, they do. You know, their their boxes are classy. They're simple. And they, they get the point across. You know that brand. Yep. There's no question in your mind what brand that Chevron is. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, and I, you're right, I think, yeah, they're right, the flavor's going to sell it at the end of the day, too, and I think that's why it's also so important that, you know, um, vapors are able to sample. Uh, I know that we have, I know that everyone's got to, I know vape shops had to work around that one when the FDA did the deeming regulations that you couldn't sample anything anymore, and it almost kind of breeds new breath into, like, the need for advertising, but you're right, I don't think <laughs> you need kids, kids related stuff to advertise your liquid. That's just, no. yeah, that's my opinion. So you started this business. Um, can you explain some of some of the hurdles you faced, um, you know, going into it? Um, well, you know, I, I, the, you know, including registration, licensing, I know the nicotine labels had to come out after. So that was an additional expense that was put onto every manufacturer. Could you just kind of walk our listeners through all this whole process? Well, um, I will say that Georgia has probably some of the most lax laws in the country. Um, I haven't had to jump through a lot of hurdles on the state level. Um, I mean, of course, I have a normal, you know, a tax ID and a business Mm -hmm. license and all that stuff. And they know what I do. And I don't hide that fact or anything. Um, But uh, it's the definitely the uh, the deeming regulations um, that have caused uh, well there was more than just the deeming regulations the first hurdle that we came across was the Obama's Child Nicotine Poison Prevention Act of 2016 uh, when uh, he said that any any container that contains liquid nicotine of any amount needed to be in a bottle that had been C- CPSC certified that is the consumer protection Protection Safety Council, I believe. <laughs> and um, those certifications are very expensive and time consuming. And not all of the bottle manufacturers out there had them. Um, so getting them in place in time was a challenge. And making, you know, so we, we had to dump the bottles that we were using um, to start using a different, uh, a different supplier in order wow. to make that happen. And on top of that, we now have to f- uh, include a for at least for our wholesale customers we have to include 
a general certificate of conformity, which is basically a certificate that I've created that says, I certify that I got these bottles from this place and that they have the testing results for this particular test that needs to be done. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, I have to send that out with every order that I, that I make. Oh, wow. All the regulations. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wow. Then, <laughs> yeah, then the next hurdle was um, product registration. Uh, product registration came along um, and it was, you know, they they wanted us to conform to the the setup they already had, um, which didn't really apply to us. You know, it, it we're not tobacco manufacturers. We don't we don't assemble cigars and cigarettes with you know this much of Virginia tobacco and this much foreign tobacco. Like we don't do that. Um, so it was it was a big challenge. And then their system got, went down. I don't think they expected the onslaught. <laughs> yeah. of people that just bombarded their system uh especially in the in the final weeks yeah and it went down and it had problems and and the deadline was coming up and we hadn't finished yet and i went down to my local representative's office and i was like hey uh this is a problem yeah. you know yeah maybe i had something to do with this and maybe i didn't but that very night Dr. Scott uh, Gottlieb announced an extension on the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's smart. I mean, it is a business for, especially getting the, the Congress really hasn't done much they, as, as far as I can see. Um, but it's Congress after all. But, the, you know, it's important for them to know their constituents and know, you know, how much that the, the, the regulations are playing into effect for, you know, yourself and other manufacturers and even just vape shops alone, too. Yes. And my re I'm, I'm very lucky. I live in a district where my representative is very pro vaping. He's actually very uh, good friends with Tom Cole, okay. who is one of the yeah. authors of the Cole Bishop Amendment that mm -hmm. many of your listeners are probably very familiar with. They actually uh, Rob Woodall and Tom Cole sit next to each other in the Senate in the House. Oh, so wow. um, they're they're buddies and they do everything together. OK, so my, my representative is very pro vaping and I'm very, very lucky about that. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, you, that's awesome. And that's uh, we need more of them in Congress, unfortunately. Right? All right. So going into now this, this is stuff I want to get into and I because it's amazing. So you did a lot of work with this, this registration as well as the ingredient listing that you guys are working on now. Um, and it's with Carol Clement. Is it John Weinall? Is that how you pronounce it? I think so. Yeah, okay, Skip Murray and Char Owens. Can you tell our listeners what you guys have been doing, what you're continuing to doing, and why you guys are so awesome for doing this? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I mean, yeah, just tell the story that uh, last year after the product registration, uh, it was really Carol who kind of started looking to the future and said, something's got to be done here. Um, because again, they were trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and, you know, making us conform to the tobacco industry. And it just wasn't going to work. So Carol had the, uh, the foresight to reach out to CTP. Uh, CTP is the Center for Tobacco Products, which is a division of the FDA. And say, you know, look, we we need to create a better streamlined way to do this or it's just going to be a nightmare for everybody involved. And they were open to the idea. So um, Carol basically 
assembled sort of a task force of us and said, you know, look, let's put our heads together. Let's figure something out. And um, it was John's idea, actually. The uh, Before, when we were doing the product registration, the FDA, I think early on, started getting submissions. And they one of the things you had to do was submit an image of your label for every product. Oh, now, wow. For most of you out there, if you know, if you've ever been in a vape shop or you've ever looked at even one line of e-liquid, you know, you've got a flavor that might have three different nicotine levels that might have two different PGVG ratios that might be in four or five different sizes, right? Yeah. And right there, you're already talking, what, one times three times two times, you know, I mean, you're talking probably 30 different labels at this point, right? And when the FDA started getting an individual JPEG for every single one of those, <laughs> yeah, they were like, I don't, I don't think we'll be able to handle this. <laughs> so they actually put out documentation that says, okay, look, we're going to give you guys what they call a product or, or a product association index. Yeah, product association index or label association index. And uh, basically, it was a spreadsheet that you put an image of a generic label. You could take one of your labels and make it generic, you know, X out the nicotine, X out the size, and just put flavor name where the flavor should go. And now you can associate every single product that is associated with that label in that table. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you. That's awesome, right? Yes. Saved us a ton of time and a ton of work. Well, it was John Weinel who came up with the idea of why can't we do that for flavors? Why can't we have a master recipe and then an association table that gives uh, that lets you list all of the products that are uh, associated with that one recipe? And I was like, that is a brilliant idea. That is really smart. So and it's used the same way. So it's just like, what would be the master quotes? What would be the ingredients? And so is that the ingredients in that master recipe? Right. Okay. All the different different flavors that make up that one flavor that you sell. Okay. So um, me and John and Carol all set out to start collecting data. We contacted all these flavor companies. Uh, we tried to get them to send us their MSDS sheets, uh, tried to get them to send over as much information as they could. Some were very willing to talk to us. Some were not. Um <laughs> I mean, MSDS sheets are, should be a matter of pub, public knowledge. I'm not really sure why we got any pushback on that, but whatever. <laughs> um, so um, once we were done, we had collected this amount of data, and then it was it was time to try to organize it. So my husband and I were the most proficient in Excel, so it sort of fell on us to do it. And, uh, and so I designed the sheet. Um, well, John initially designed the sheet, and then I sort of took it to the next level, um, programmed it, inserted all that data, cleaned it up, programmed it into the sheet, programmed the drop-down menu so that a lot of this stuff would autofill for you with just a few clicks. Oh, awesome! And the yeah, the research would be would just be non-existent at this point um, for anybody who was using the, the the form. So we perfected it, we submitted it to CTP, and they. We're okay with it. They they were like, this is good. Um, we can work with this. We're, you know, all the data we need is there. They they made a few tweaks, but they said well, absolutely. They told us that it would be too much red tape to get it onto their website for distribution, but that they were verbally approving it over the phone and they were fine with it, and that we would have email 
you know, an email trail and everything showing that, yes, we approve this. You can use it. Distrib- feel free to distribute it throughout the industry. So we were like, yay. Okay. And did they provide what? all that? Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and where can you find this at? You can find it actually. Uh, well, let's see. You can find it in the help group that's on Facebook if you're a manufacturer. Um, it's uh, facebook.com slash groups slash FDA registration. Um, you can see my tutorial video at the Hickey Sigs YouTube page. And um, there's an email address in the comments that you can contact me and I can send it to you. I know that Safad has got it. They're distributing it. Um, I think CASA has it um, and they're distributing it. I'm not sure VTA, I'm, well, VTA has it. I'm not sure if they're distributing it or not. I will tell you also, you can get it from the FDA website. They said they wouldn't be able to put it up, but they did. They kind of took my form. They tweaked it a bit, made it a little bit more redundant, really. <laughs> but <laughs> it's government, you know. Um, That's awesome and, though, uh, that it's on their website, though. It is. It's. It's. It, they put their own name on it. They put their own stamp on it. But it's my form. I mean, I've seen it. I've played with it. It's absolutely my form. That's so, awesome. um, it that is available. You can find it. It's around. Yeah. Okay. And so, what? Okay. So now, what are you guys working on now? Ingredients listings. Yes, that is due um, one week. Actually, one week from today. No, one week from yesterday. Oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> one week from yesterday. Okay. And that's like every so okay. Explain to our listeners who may not know what what this is like. Every single bottle you have that you have to do it, or that you. Um, well, that's what the good thing about the uh, ingredients listings form is that it's not for every bottle. It is for every flavor. Every uh, flavor. Okay. Since the flavor is can be based on percentages, the percentage isn't going to change no matter what size the bottle is. And that's what the product association table is for, to associate all sizes, all nick levels, all PGVG ratios with a single recipe. Okay. That's awesome. It's a lot of work, though. I hate Excel. It, it was. <laughs> You're like my boyfriend. He could do that. He can do that fun stuff and make those those swivel tables or whatnot. I can't do any of that. I'm 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 happy when I can get the auto sum to work. I'm like yes. Feel like I did something. <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate. This was definitely a level of Excel I had never uh, I had never ventured into before. So I'm pretty proud of it. Looking to show off how much you care about freedom? Need a gift for someone? Head to the Heartland Institute store at store.heartland.org for t-shirts, posters, and books all advancing the freedoms you cherish. Grab a bumper sticker and show the world you believe in liberty. Find Heartland books such as Why Scientists Disagree About Global Warming, Power to the People, Nothing to Fear, and the Kid-Friendly Constitution. Grab a Heroes of Freedom t-shirt featuring Ayn Rand, Milton Friedman, Friedrich Hayek, and Martin Luther King Jr., or get one of our always popular Don't Tread on Me shirts with Heartland's unique design. Those will be sure to start a conversation at your next barbecue or at the gym. Your destination for the freedom lovers in your life is the Heartland Store. Go to store.heartland.org and get shopping today. I always like to look into the future. What do you think is going to happen with vaping? Uh, you, I mean, you're a proprietor. If, if then, what's going to happen with flavors? I know um, got, Dr. Gottlieb came out today, on November 2nd, um, saying that they're going to look into drug therapy for adolescents. 
I just got that actually right before your call, so I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but my friend did send me a, a TLDR yeah. synopsis of it, and I, 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 I've been on the call with you for too long now to be able to do the true facepalm that I would like to do. Yeah, no, um, it's fine. No, oh God, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, I saw, and I've been going after FDA here personally, um, because I still find it ironic that, you know, when he came out and said the youth vaping epidemic, I was actually really pissed off because it's like, we do have yeah. an epidemic with youth in this country. It's called the opioid crisis that you're doing nothing about, but now you're coming after vaping. And yeah. the fact that you're, and they're, I don't know, restricting adults from these products is ridiculous. If this, if you're going to ban vaping, you might as well ban cigarettes. Oh, but you can't do that. According to the Tobacco Control Act, you cannot get rid of cigarettes. So it's just asinine from a public yep. health perspective. I know, right? It's so backwards. It, I have heard there was a, right here in Georgia, Pickens County decided to uh, issue a school, a school board or school system rule that students caught with vape gear would be charged with a drug paraphernalia felony. Oh, my God. But if they're caught with cigarettes, they only get suspended for a couple of days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That wow, That's insane. Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, and that's also the, the children argument. Is, and I've been saying it. It's like, you know. Where are these people's parents? I mean, I smoked cigarettes in high school, and when I got caught, my parents took them, and they would search my bag, like, leaving and coming, and you know, go coming and going or whatnot. I was like, okay, you have cigarettes, and they smoke cigarettes, so they would they would take them and then smoke them. Then I started smoking menthol, and I'd just steal them back, but, you know. <laughs> I, but I, you know, to see these um, parents that are in these, that are, like, government, you know, I'd, like, Take care of my children because I can't do it. It's just Ugh, insane. Don't get me started. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> oh. Well, we'll see where it goes. Um, I do. There was a good Jewel um survey that came, a uh, study that came out that was really interesting. The numbers aren't even that high when you look at the percentage of youth vaping. It's not really an epidemic. Um, when you break down the numbers, I know I saw something that in like 2017 it was like 11 percent of high school senior or high school students. In 1997, it was the highest of her, like, uh, youth smoking. And I guess, in, like, it was 25% of high school seniors smoke cigarettes regularly in 1997. So even the, the numbers now are, don't even equate to the numbers, you know, of the highest rates of smoking among youth. They're not paying attention to the – they're not paying attention to the science they don't want to hear. Yeah. You know, they're only paying attention to the science that, that fits their narrative. And and they're they're going to keep doing that because I mean I could get into a lot of conspiracy theories I could get into a lot of of digging deeper into you know it follow the money that's where all you have to do is follow the money yep and uh, I mean I, I this podcast would be three hours long if I did <laughs> oh yeah no yep <laughs> it, it just it's if you you really wanted to learn about it you you need to learn up the master read up on the master settlement agreement yep um you need to read up on who owns some of these anti-vaping groups like the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids? Mm -hmm. Johnson & Johnson owns yep. them. Yep. Okay. Uh, they were founded by Johnson & Johnson. So follow the money. Yep. Well, even the tobacco, uh, the Center for Tobacco Products that come from the Master Settlement Agreement, all the it's, it's actually user fees that it's like 100% of their funding. Yeah. 
Yeah. So okay. It's, yeah, and we found that we've. We found that when I went, one of the board members on THR for Life was like, where can you find this? I was like, actually, you can find it in a couple of places. Boom, boom, boom. Nobody talks <laughs> about that ever, but uh, yeah. Okay, well, where can our listeners find out more about Higgy Sigs um, and also the Georgia uh, Smoke Free Association? Well, a couple of websites, of course. There's www.higgysigs.com. Uh, that is where that is my website. That is my online store. And uh, that's where you will find all 205 flavors and 18 NIC levels and 12 different PGVG ratios to design the vape that you want. And uh, everything is made when you order it. So it's always going to be fresh and it's always going to be made exactly to your specifications. That's awesome. And the Georgia Smoke Free Association is at uh, gasmokefree.org. We are actually having a an advocacy meeting, a big one this Sunday. Uh, usually, we do this just for members, but this year we've decided, this time we've decided to open it to the public. So, if you are in Georgia or anywhere near Georgia uh, this Sunday between one and four, um, please head over to Johns Creek. You can find uh, the information for the meeting in the Georgia Smoke Free Association Facebook group. Um, I believe it's also on their website um, or just reach out to, you know, anybody that's in the Georgia Smoke Free Association and they should be able to get you the information. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jennifer, thanks for joining us today. Listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of our Voices of Vapor series. For more podcasts, check out our website at heartland.org or our blog, Freedom Pub, at blog.heartland.org. To learn more about tobacco harm reduction, please check out our alcohol and tobacco page at heartland.org. <laughs>